0: Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the Options Risk Disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke.
1: Good morning everybody, welcome to the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update for February 1st, 2016. If you're watching this on YouTube, listening via podcast or some other venue, please come on over, check out our website at LockingYourSuccess.com, that's L-O-C-K-E, in InYourSuccess.com, join our mailing list, get your free report, The 7 Secrets to Becoming a Successful Trader, and sign up for this free weekly webinar. Also, while you're there, check out our trading programs. We have the Super Simple Spread Trades, the M3, the Bearish Butterfly, the Rock, the M21, and uh, APM Squared, and, of course, the masterclass Series. If you have any questions on these, if you're on the webinar, feel free to ask, and I'll do my best to answer your questions here. And if not, we'll do it more completely in a phone call. Uh, In this update, we cover four trades from the various trading systems that we have, and Those four trades are the Bearish Butterfly, the M3, the Rock, and the Condor, um, which is one of the four trades in the SSS trading system. And again, you can go to our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com and see some uh, very uh, past archives. To see the most recent archives, you need to be a premium member of the website. And you can go ahead and, uh, and see those there. So, Let's uh, move forward here. So for announcements, we have the Trading Triangle Live. Uh, Again, registration is still open for that. We have a limited number of special room rates until February 28th, so if you've booked this already, we have a lot of people who've booked the uh, seminar but have not yet booked their rooms. If you haven't booked your rooms, make sure you do that. To take advantage of the special rate, and if you have not yet uh, booked the seminar, make sure and, you know come on and do that before the uh, before the special room rates run out. Uh, and that is the, the, the Hawaii event. That's going to be a fantastic event there uh, going, uh, going over the concepts of trading psychology, trading systems, and, uh, and the trading business in general. So that's going to be a great uh, thing. Also, f- uh, we did have our successful options trader video with Kevin Lee last week. If you haven't seen that and you're a premium member, then make sure you go ahead and check that out. Uh, for next month, the month of February, our successful options trader month is going to be Ryan Moffat. Some of you may have seen his presentation on uh, Options Stripe, and we're going to sit down and talk with him. He's been a student of mine for a long time, and uh, he's a you know, hedge fund trader. He deals with a lot of money and uh, trades the bearish butterfly. So, But he does it in his own way. He's developed his own thing. So that would be a a fantastic uh, options trader of the month webinar to take a look at. Uh, Also, our community coaching meeting is this Wednesday, February 3rd, 9pm. So if you're a Premium Plus member, make sure you um, are aware of that. And also for February, 2016, we're going to be doing another trading lab for our uh, enriching session. The last time we did that, we had a lot of awesome comments. A lot of people requested that we do it again, and I was thinking of doing it uh, You know, every once in a while, we'll pull, pop one in there. So that's going to be um, a lot of fun as well. So those are essentially the announcements. Another thing I quickly want to show you, too, before you're going is the website, Sherry's we've been just responding to a lot of suggestions from uh, from traders we're trying to do the best we can to make sure to get uh, to keep as many people as great a benefit as possible so just responding to some of these things if we take a look here at our website and uh, we these special bonus sections. We're doing free with a Premium Plus membership. We've been asked to make them available to uh, available in general because a lot of people like them. So if you're a basic member and you want to purchase these enriching sessions, and, and we're going to be doing a bunch of other stuff as well. So we're going to be constantly adding stuff. And again, if you're having issues finding anything that you. Th- think you should have access to let us know, uh, or if you're having any trouble navigating the site, uh, let, let us know as well. Uh, we're, you know, we're doing the best we can to keep things, uh, piece things together in a somewhat logical manner. It's not always easy because we've got so much stuff going on. But if you're interested in, with the enriching sessions, you can come in here and hit enriching sessions, and then you can click your, your membership level. If you have access to any of the enriching sessions, they will be here. So, if you're a Premium Plus member and you, for example, if you're a Premium Plus member and you were you were a member in January, you'll have automatic free access to the risk managing uh, webinar. If you were in January, you have this one. If you were in the I think the previous either December and November, you would have access to this one here. I guess it would be the November. So those should be uh, right here. If you were not members and you want to do a Back enriching session. You can you can come in here in Premium Plus. You can uh, buy those, and you get a very big discount on these um, here. If you if you uh, if you want to purchase those, if you are a regular Premium Plus member, and I'm sorry. If you're just a regular Premium member, you can click here, and you can buy the back sessions um, here at your rate. And of course, if you're a basic member. Then we can come back here and let's see. I lost where I was here. Ah, we can come back here to these enrichment sessions and hit the basic, and of course, your um, that just switches us back over to the regular website, and that's there. So hopefully everybody can navigate that okay. And again, we'll be adding more stuff regularly. So back to our PowerPoint. And yeah, so that is what we have for sessions and what's coming up. So hopefully that uh, is is good for everybody. All right, so let me go to um, a couple questions, and I'm just going to also open up Thinkorswim Swim here to get our charts up. So a question that we have is why do I recommend using combined put call skews um, when trading index options? Would separate modeling of call and skews not produce more accurate Greeks? Uh, okay, so just a put call skew, put call skew question. The the thing is, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get an accurate model of the uh, what the T plus zero line is going to do. Um, so that we understand it a little bit better. Now the reality is, when you have like an M3 trade, for example, you have, you have options that are, well, it, it, actually it's in anything, whether you have a condor or whatever, where you have options um, that are placed. I should probably drag up a screen here. Hold on one moment. I'll drag up an option view screen. All right, so bearish butterfly. So it doesn't matter whether it's a bearish butterfly or M3. We have uh, you know, options up at, up at the well, prices down here. Here we have options up at a higher price level than what we have. Here we have a time value in the 1070 uh, option of 315. We have a time value in the 1070 put of 224. The reality is when you go to execute this trade, these options are going to fill with this approximately, and I mean within like a penny, even if there's like $5 difference between the two, they're going to fill within approximately a penny or two of the same time value. So, you have a situation here where um, the time value in one option is telling you one thing, the time value in the other option is telling you the other thing, which essentially means the options themselves have different volatility levels. The, re, the options are going to react the same and you don't know whether they're going to react like the put option or like the call option is showing you uh, because they have so, such different um, skews. If you look at the skew chart they're very very different. The reality is the line is going to react usually somewhere in the middle. So for that reason we're combining the put call skews to deal with our T plus zero line up up in this area. In order to get a t- t- decent T plus zero line here of something that's going to be fairly accurately represented, then we need to do that. And that's why we combine them. It's not so important in high volatility environments. You get an extremely low volatility environments like 2013. It makes a huge, huge difference because you might model your position with put options. and In other words, theoretically, it doesn't matter whether you have a call butterfly on or a put butterfly or an iron butterfly. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. The position is going to react the same. The pricing in the options, the prices they're going to fill is going to be the same. The primary difference is going to be, but, uh, but you will see a difference in the Greeks in the T plus zero line if you have a big put call skew in the two options. And the reality is they should be the same. So if you don't have the put option call skewed, you might have a, a call butterfly with one set of delta ranges, an iron with a different one, and a put one with a different one. The reality is they're going to react somewhere in between, and we need a way to even that out and compensate for that. And I combine the put call skews in order to do that. It gives us a more consistent T plus zero line reading than, um, than not having to combine. So that's why we do it. Um, and it's not it's not about having more accurate greeks it's about having more consistent greeks so you know as you develop as a market neutral trader that depends on the greeks numbers you'll find that none of the models are accurate and it doesn't necessarily matter which one's more accurate it matters which one's more consistent if something is not accurate and consistent we can actually you know we can make modifications so if we have if we're designing an m3 trade right and it's a good trade lab subject um, if we're designing an M3 trade and we say, okay, we're going to put this delta limit in at minus 100 then um, on our trade, um, and we use that number, and we find we're consistently having a problem when the market goes up, drawing down too much money. That's fine. We can we can say, okay, well, let's make it minus 50, or let's make it minus 25, or, or whatever. We can make this adjustment to it. But when we are looking at you know when we're trading our trade, we're designing our trade, and we start having this thing where you know I'm minus 100 delta and the market moves up and I'm not drawing down, and then the next day I'm minus 50 delta and I'm moving up and the market is in the, mar- the position is drawing down, right? Then you can't make any kind of, um, you can't make any kind of a correction to that. Because the the T plus zero line is, is essentially randomly changing the predictions of your of your of your move without uh, f- 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 no reason. So you know, cutting my delta minus fifty or hundred. Is only gonna is gonna make it worse sometimes, <laughs> and it's gonna make it better other times because the the thing's just all over the place. By combining those together and averaging them out, we get something that's much more consistent. Where we can say, yeah, if we're minus 100 delta and we're in an uptrending market, we're pretty much going to consistently end up drawing down too much. So that being the case, we can you know cut that delta back a little bit, and then you know we can trade uh, our more market neutral in that manner. And the same thing goes to the downside. So those, so combining the put-call skews helps gives us helps give us not necessarily more accurate numbers because, like I said, again, you know, this is a you know engineers and accountants come in here they expect this, this, these models to be perfect and accurate and they're not. They're very, you know, they're a very loose interpretation of an approximation, as I call it. The best we can do is get something that's very consistent. If we get something that's very consistent, we can work with that. We can put, we can develop a system and put numbers around it. If it's not consistent, it becomes much more challenging. Uh, Okay, so where can I recommend? Okay, so yeah, so if you, okay, so Sherry, I think did that. So they're they're on the. the recommended settings are on the Premium and Premium Plus members page on the resources page. So you can go ahead and do that. Okay, so let's, uh, oh, one more note, too, before we actually get into the market. The webinar is consistently uh, over, uh, hitting its maximum room limit now uh, for the live webinar. So just so you know, uh, make sure you get on early. And I'm getting I'm saying that because I'm getting uh, warnings now that we've exceeded. Okay, so let's take a look at, uh, at what's going on here. We have the market. Uh, last week, I was expecting a rise in the markets to come up, and it took its time. You know, we had I was kind of questioning my judgment to start there. We had a you know, down day, I think, on Monday, an up day on Tuesday, down day on Wednesday, kind of uh, just cycling into a sideways pattern here. And then, boom, we finally got the pop on Friday on some news. I was expecting a move to at least 1040 uh, in the Russell. We made it to 1035. So that's the low end of the range where I was going. I was expecting the market to be a little stronger. That said, I would, we're at kind of at a range here where this would be, if it was to turn here, it would probably be the lowest point at which I would expect it to turn. Uh, realistically, I'm, I, I'd be you know we're, we're coming into these previous lows here but realistically this is a resistance range um, you know I wouldn't be surprised if the thing creeped all the way up to 1075 uh, eventually but that, we could certainly turn here we're high enough to turn but, but my opinion here especially when we look at the other indexes that the market's likely to go a little bit higher before it has any meaningful turn down so so I'm thinking maybe in the 1050 area. If we look at our Dow here, this is very likely to come up into at least the tops of these of this U here, which is, puts us at 166. So as soon as I would expect the the, um, the Dow to turn be 16.6, which is another 130 points, that's going to be another 10 points or so. And the Russell comes in with the 10.40 level fairly nicely. If the market is a little bit stronger, we might come up and try and test this area up here. Uh, I'm thinking we're probably more likely, though, to turn uh, by 16.6. And if we look at the NDX, theoretically, this should run up into the, uh, at a minimum, of about 43.20, 43.15, again, that gives us another 50 points in the um, NDX, which corresponds with the Russell at around 10.40, 10.50 area, and then of course we have the SPX, which, same thing, should come into here before it rolls over, 19.50, which is another 10 points or so in the SPX. So it would be normal for the market to pull off the highs because Friday was such a big day. It would be normal for us to pull off the highs today, Uh, maybe even retrace about half the move we had on um, Friday. That would be a normal, technical, bullish um, pull back. Uh, we go much more than that. That might be an indication that we're going to roll over faster. But um, if, we do, if we don't even take back half the candle, that's fairly bullish short term. The short term trader's is going to see that as bullish and we're probably going to continue a little bit higher. Uh, I don't think we're going to explode to the upside. You never know. But uh, I'd be looking for the market to go at least, uh, the Russells to go maybe another 10 points or so gets too excited about rolling over.
0: So those are my
1: thoughts on the market short term. Again, longer term, I believe we're going to run into a sideways market for a little while before we head lower, which is our longer term outlook. So that is that. On our positions, we have, or had, a bearish butterfly here on Monday. We were Uh, Sit in a position like this. We're coming into 21 days to expiration uh, fairly quickly. Market never broke down enough to really be a problem here. And we just sat in this position until Friday. And I'll show you Friday. 21 days to expiration. We do have a reduced profit target number of $5,000 or 10% of our planned capital. We were actually over that at around $6,000. So the position was closed at a profit of about $6,040, which is going to be I don't know, in the 11 or 12% range, return. So fairly easy, bearish butterfly trade. Uh, Cut and dry, we had to do some rollbacks here, but this type of a position is very good in this type of a market. It's generally fairly easy to manage and uh, generally profitable. So um, so that worked out well. We also had, uh, next trade we had on is an M3. And this trade here also did not have, an, uh, well, it had one adjustment, uh, but it didn't have an adjustment until Friday. So let me just come here. This is what we look like here on Friday. The position is, th- actually, let me show the T-log for the bearish butterfly because I was asked for that. So here is what the bearish butterfly T-log looks like. Essentially, we're only in one-third of a position. We had a rollback on the 7th, we had a rollback on the 13th, and uh, we closed on the 29th. So fairly straightforward there. Another thing, too, execution-wise on bearish butterfly rollbacks are very typically very, very good um, uh, that way. And, um, you know, with the time you, times you have execution problems on... Butterflies or bearish butterfly trades in general tend to be when the market's grinding up and the market makers are fairly confident where the market's going. Generally that's when you'll have execution problems. Usually in a falling market like this, execution is usually excellent. So but that's what we have there. Let's let's just hit okay. Alright, so M3. This, again, no no adjustments necessary until this day, where we are over our maximum delta for being outside of the tent. So here is what we're looking at. We are having what we call in M3 land a bit of a gamma trend problem, or a SAG here in the T0 line, which is starting to get concerning. It's not terrible, but it's starting to get concerning. And again, we're over our maximum delta for being outside of the tent. Uh, So here is this, and we did some verticals at 980 and 970, so if I take this out, I just took 10 980s to 970, that cut us down to about 17, which is, it's a bit flat, I mean, 5 was, I tried 5, 5 wasn't enough, Uh, so I just went to 10, but I mean, you could have done 7 or something, but I figured, I think the market's actually maybe going up a little bit, but then coming back down, so. I did the more aggressive adjustment here, and that pulls us into something like this, which gives us a nice flat T plus zero line. So this is where we stand with the with the M three trade for January. Um, down a little bit, but recovered quite nicely from the uh, from the from the harsh down move since it's been put on. Hopefully, everybody's doing uh, okay in this particular trade. Uh, as well. So anything, uh, question, uh, or T-Log, T-Log is here, right? Again, this trade had to deal with some rollbacks because of the speed of the market coming down. If we go to our, uh, okay, so yeah, so this trade still looks really nice, as long as the market uh, behaves a little bit for a little while. Uh, anything new from uh, OptionView versus o and Not really. Option, uh, I'm sorry, o e is still dealing with challenges. Again, um, in the testing, they were having different Greeks numbers and different T plus zero line profiles. They, they've been having uh, random issues with their modeling. Uh, they they'll come out and then you know gamma won't be right or or something will be happening with out of the money options or something like that and they'll have to go back and make another correction so they're still making corrections uh, again I, I I can't say to go over to that at this point uh, their Greeks numbers are going to be different right uh, than option view they're probably not going to get the same numbers because they're not using the exact same model and. The more important thing isn't which one's more accurate. The more important thing is which one's going to be more consistent so that we can work with it. Um, Right now, uh, O&E, I I just don't have enough evidence to say that it's consistent and they're still moving things around. So that's kind of where they're sitting right now. Let's just quickly show the other positions. We will uh, answer questions after that. And I'm saying that because we don't have any more adjustments. So here is the February M3. If we take a look at the February rock trade, this was actually entered in something we call a modified rock position. It is allowed to go positive delta. I mean, I'm sorry, it's allowed to go positive vega. It's uh, not allowed to go negative theta, though, so we'll fix it at that point. We're essentially using out-of-the-money calls here. I, you know, like I said last week, I do not like to use out-of-the-money calls only in situations where the market's moving extremely fast or they're beneficial. Uh, Other than that, they're usually just a drag on the trade. They drag the profit loss down. But uh, that said, that's what the uh, market conditions put us in. On the start of the trade, that's what we're in. The system here is designed to get this out of modified rock and into an M3 as soon as things settle down. So as soon as things settle down and they start changing the uh, T plus zero line profiles, it's going to put us into a different position. But as of right now, nothing's happened. So here is what this looks like. Here is what the position looks like. You can see you get a significant sag in the T plus zero line from... um, from having out-of-the-money calls. And you know, they used, they call this the sea of death. And with out-of-the-money calls, it, is, it truly is the sea of death. It's very problematic uh, being out here. In the money calls, you can have a much more stable position. But anyway, that is the M3. And I'm sorry, that's not the M3. That is the rock trade for February. So um, again, no adjustments here. If we take a look at our March trades, we have, oh yeah, we have a February v, Condor. February v Condor, which is here. Again, this trade is down a little bit. Not problematic, but it's probably not going to win anything. If, it, if we break even or make a small profit, that would be good this month. Uh, again... Not the best environment for a VCON, or the market is moving just a little bit too much right now. If you, and if you look at the the trade guidelines, we are borderline in not being able to trade it. Thirty-five VIX. We, I either put, I don't remember if I put thirty VIX or thirty-five RVX in the program, but those, that's about the level where you know, these probably aren't going to do very well. So we're, we've been kind of borderline that level uh, a few times in the last month or so. So it's not surprising that these are having challenges. Again, the good part about these trades is <laughs> they're just so mild, and the losses are very, uh, you know, when when they do well, you know, everything's fine, they're very easy to manage and stuff. When In a bad environment, yeah, they might take some losses, but they're generally very, very mild. So that is what's going on with V Condor. And let's go into... March. Our March bearish butterfly is down slightly here. And um, we put this on. The market just kind of scooted up last week a little bit. But uh, everything looks good here. These are just, you know, eight. When you buy an eight dollar seventy cent butterfly, it's just, fan, it's usually just a fantastic environment for bearish butterflies. So, unless we get in a complete explosion in the market where it's completely insane to the upside, uh, this is a very high probability of uh, of making money and very comfortable in this type of position. We're almost to the point where we are up to uh, add a second, third in here. And again, I don't do it intraday. I'm going to be looking at this end of day or at my end of day checkpoint, whether it be you know 1,500 or 1,530, we just check the end of day and whatever that is. I'm not concerned if it shoots up intraday. But if we have an end of day, solidly over 1030, we'll be adding a second third in there. We have our March M3, which was started here. Uh, with 18 butterflies again, because the volatility level is so high, we have to add more butterflies in here to get this to get ourselves balanced off on our on our position. And no adjustments here. We're up about seven hundred dollars. Again, this environment typically for an M three is very good as well. The only challenge we have is if we have a free fall in the market like we did um, in February, then, um, then it can be challenging. But uh, generally, generally, it's a good environment for the trade. And for any trade like an M3, for that matter. So that's our March M3, and then we have a March V Condor on, which looks like this. This happens to be up about $1,000 and is looking quite nice right now. And there have been no adjustments to this trade either. So here, if we look at our T-log, is our entry for our uh, March V-Condor. Okay, that is all we have for positions. We will see how that goes. So let me uh, take a look here. Uh, Would I ever adjust a bearish butterfly earlier in the day if the market's showing a lot of intensity and volume and moving against me? This is a question that is going, to be, is going to be trader dependent on who does what and it's also going to be position dependent on whether you're in a single third of a position or if you're in two thirds of a position or three thirds of a position and how close to expiration you are. So it's a very as I would say, um, in order to answer that question definitively one way or another I would need a whole lot more detail. Um, generally If I'm in one-third of a position, I don't care how fast the market's moving against me or where the market's going. I'm uh, generally not interested in adjusting. I I mean, I'm not interested in in adjusting it intraday at all. Uh, It's just my checkpoint time. There's just not very much risk there. So uh, there's no point in doing that. In addition... In a fast moving market like this, I'm also resistant to even adjusting even when it hits my adjustment point. I might wait a day or two before, uh, before even after, no matter how fast the market's moving. Uh, I might wait a day or two before I actually make an adjustment in it because in this environment with what you're paying for the butterflies, there's just no reason to, to do anything. If you're, um, if you're pushing 21 days to expiration and you're three thirds entered into the position, you know, and you're near a number where you're going to exit anyway the same day, then, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, or even if i maybe even a couple of days before that, I'm in a position where I'm going to be exiting in a couple of days, Near, uh, near a level, then yeah I mean uh, uh, then you may want to do that, certainly if you're within expiration deep in expiration guidelines uh, you're going to be making intraday decisions, assuming you trade expiration guidelines. I have a lot of traders who will trade these right into expiration without using those guidelines, but generally, I like to pull beginner traders out uh, because it gets too too high a gamma that close to expiration, so I like to get you out if we can, so hopefully that answers that. Do I have any new systems in the pipeline? Uh, can I disclose what I'm working on? Uh, I'm not disclosing everything that I'm working on, but, but uh, you know, we're looking at adapting things to some other indices and also uh, running some uh, directional strategies and on stocks and stuff like that. I have a lot of that going on. I'm actually a, a very good directional trader. I, I do tr- uh, performance coaching for... Uh, trading performance coaching for directional traders as well as market for traders. So very familiar with those systems. I just don't have any, I don't have time to put stuff together. And a lot of the stuff we're going to be working on too is going to have more to do because anybody can show you a trade, right, um, that works for periods of time or whatever. But we're going to be working on the trading um, psychology part, the system part, the back testing part, uh, that type of stuff. We're going to really get into uh, a lot of uh, programs and stuff on that. Some technical analysis programs, some back trading programs. So we'll have a lot of stuff on the on the docket or, or in the works here. It's just a matter of actually having the time and resources to get it together. According to guidelines, shouldn't two thirds have been added on Friday for the bearish butterfly? No. I'm assuming you're talking about the. The March, bearish butterfly. Uh, unless I unless I've made a mistake, right? No, we have to be over ten thirty, right? And you might say we went over ten. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so here, this is this is this is an interesting thing, right? If you took the actual end of day number, then yeah, you would have entered your second third on Friday. Uh, I don't take the actual end of the day number, I take a checkpoint at a certain time of day. So one of the interesting things if you talk about back trading versus live trading, if you want your live trading results to match your back trading results, you actually have to live trade the way you back trade. <laughs> right? It only makes sense because different. Uh, if you're making different decisions, you're going to have different results. So. Here, what I do with a bearish butterfly is the way I personally backtrade it is I backtrade it at 1530. So, um, you know, if you want to make your decision point earlier than that because you want more time to make adjustments, then you can do it at 1500. Or, you know, or, or even if you're, if, you're, if you're overseas and you have to make your adjustments at 10 in the morning, then you can make, make your decision point at 10 in the morning. But, uh, or you're working or something. But the point is, when we do these, I'm making my decision point at 15.30. I'm going to make my trading decision point at 15.30. That means, you know, I don't care if the market goes up another you know, 10 or 20 points um, in the time from 15.30 to, to the end of the day because my adjustment point in my back trading is 15.30. I'm not coming in at quarter of or 10 of and making a decision. I'm making my decisions here. So, that being the case, this is where my decision point is. Now, if the market doesn't back off today, then today it at in the afternoon when checkpoint time comes, if I'm still over ten thirty, then we'll add it. But um, but yeah, we're not we're not making the decisions based off of that. Uh, okay, March M three T log. Can Go here. And that is our March M three position there. Um, I notice a low. Hold well on. I notice a low theta-vega ratio on some of your trades. Is this intended if vol spikes, time decay will uh, take a long time to make up for it? I do not completely understand the question. I notice notice a low theta-vega ratio on some of your trades. Is this intended if vol spikes, time decay will take a long time to make up for it? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure, Philip, exactly what you're getting at with that question. So um, I would need further clor- clarification on that. Uh, I generally do not think or follow theta-vega ratio. It is it is what it is. So it's not intended necessarily or specifically meant to be that way. It's just the way it happens to end up. I'm a little bit more... Um, Concerned with T plus zero line profiles with with our style of trading, we're concerned with T plus zero line profiles. We are uh, sometimes concerned with delta theta ratios. Uh, Generally, the actual gamma number itself is not very relevant. Uh, It's the T plus zero line profile itself is relevant because gamma changes every time the price moves. So if gamma is changing a lot, right? So we're, 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 we're concerned about the trend of the gamma, how it changes with price movement, but not necessarily the gamma number itself. And um, volatility number we're we're concerned with because we want to know which options are actually holding our T plus zero line stable. Negative vega trades, assuming we're in the same month, right? If you're on a calendar or something, this is different. But assuming everything's in the same month, your uh, your vega number... um, Combined with your theta number, does give you a good idea on what's holding the stability of your T plus, the of your t plus zero line. Um, when your Vega goes positive or your Theta goes negative, um, that means you're too dependent on long options holding the value of your T plus zero line uh, for it to be uh, for it to, to hold it up. Particularly if you're outside the tent, which is why we have Vega things. But I don't really have anything with the with the with the ratio. Uh, okay. And just a note that yes the market is down some, huh? Ah, we're down, we're actually below the adjustment point, right. Uh but like I said, in that case you know, it would have been more beneficial for me to actually make that adjustment on Friday because now, assuming the market's down, right? I get a nice pop in value at the T plus zero line. Those are the days I would like to enter the second, third. But according to the guidelines, and if I was bearish, I might do that. If I was bearish and I saw myself pop over, this is if I'm going to modify my trade plan ahead of time. If I'm doing like an M twenty one style thing, where I'm where I'm making this trade ahead of time, when the market flies over my adjustment level and we're getting just crazy bullish moves like we were on uh, Friday then then that's actually a good time to add your second scale in because when the market pulls back like today you, you would have got a really huge pop in your value but uh, according to the guidelines we wouldn't have done that so anyway that is what we have so looks like we have all our questions I'd like to thank everybody for being here and I hope everybody has a great week trading and we'll see you next week